What's up, everybody? The ACC is ready for football season already. Can you believe it? We're talking about what will happen in 2023. But more importantly than that, we got to talk about how we got here. No more divisions. Pour one out for the Coastal. Pour one out for the Atlantic. It's anybody's game. Who will be on top when it's all said and done? We'll talk about that. Who we think on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candice Huber, joined by Kenton Gibbs of Locked on ACC as well. Monday through Thursday, you'll hear him. And then Friday, you'll get a little Jersey Drake during the basketball season. And of course, you assume we're talking all things basketball right now, but we are already in the thick. Our teeth are wet and ready for some football action. We've got a lot to talk about there. But first, today's episode is Brought to you by LinkedIn. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. Kenton, how are we feeling? I'm feeling great as always. I really can't complain. This is uh, We're not back in football season yet, but we're talking about ball. We got these schedules lining up, and Mac Brown's complaining already, so it's a good time for me. It's a great time for me at this point in time in life. For those who don't know how we got here, the ACC has had this lovely divisional rivalry energy for the past few years. It's been the Coastal. It's been the Atlantic. A lot of teams in the Atlantic are feeling like, whew, sigh of relief. We no longer have to be a part of these, the, the very tough division, the Coastal teams. It's like pretty much it's a crapshoot. You never know who's going to come out on top. And then it clearly has had some Atlantic domination for the past couple of years. But now there are no more divisions. And we already have the 355 model that has been established for a single division system for the ACC. But, you know, people have permanent rivals, right? You can't just, you know, throw everybody a hat in the ring and sometimes talk about certain groups. So before we get into what could be, let's talk about what is cake and permanent rivals, right? In 2023. Right. So Boston college has Miami Pitt, and Syracuse fair or like, all right, whatever, you know, just another group. I mean, Miami Pitt and Syracuse for Boston college. It makes sense. It makes sense. It, it I'm looking at it and I'm saying like, I, I guess I get it. I get it. None Excuse of those. Me, are, is it giving you like Big East vibes or a little bit? A little bit. And I think that that's what they kind of did in terms of like these were teams that were in the Big East that made their way over. And there were some great times they had in the Big East with Doug Flutie and the Hail Mary against Miami and all that. And Miami absolutely drubbing them for years to come in response to that and all that good stuff. It, I think it was uh, that type of situation. A hundred percent. All right, Clemson, we're going in alphabetical order here. So you wait for your team. That's, that's how you know it's going down. Clemson has Florida State, Georgia Tech, and NC State. Now, Florida State, you say, okay, they're the ones that have been you know, vying for the opportunity to take the top dog down. And, of course, playing FSU is going to be a good opportunity for Clemson, especially going into next season, of kind of standing toe-to-toe where you're going to maybe end up at the end of the year. And also, you know, they're used to being a cha- national champion. Clemson's used to being a national championship. Boom, there you go. And, of course, you can't get rid of, rid of this newly found rivalry between Clemson and NC State. NC State has been able to get that monkey off the back, but not last year. 
Clemson got that lick back. You know, I would very seriously like to know um, what the Florida State and Clemson, every year, like you said, back-to-back, those were teams that have gone in terms of before this recent stretch. They were back. Whichever team won that game during the regular season was going to win the ACC championship. Cool. NC State and Clemson, you got the textile bowl. Cool. Where did Georgia Tech come from? Like, not even being rude and disrespectful to Georgia Tech. I'm just very confused as to, like, why that's – I mean, I get it. It's – I get it. I get it. They, they got to play it. somebody. I, I And don't get me wrong. I understand that they, they've been a, a rivalry historically and all that, but – yeah. I mean, I guess since you can't take South Carolina, that I guess technically Clemson and Georgia Tech is a rivalry. So, you know, you rock with it. Sure. Duke has UNC, NC State, and Wake Forest. Let's just keep it all in the family, right? You, you don't it. have to travel far. You know, it's just a quick road trip. Don't have to do too many play ride, plane rides. I love that. I think love this it. is, the, I think, this is arguably the best one. And you know what? There are so many coaches that are, I, I have never seen anything like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, with college coaches, but these North Carolina coaches are very big on winning state championships. Like, very big. They're very big on that. You know what I mean? And like, I think that's a, that must be a recruiting thing because, you know, if you think about, you know, the South and what it is, Texas football, you got Florida football, you got Georgia football, NC State, Duke, UNC, Wake Forest, they got to p- compete with all them on top of the people that are already in their state. So winning the state, of course, maybe helps with that recruiting aspect. That's my only think of that. I, I get it. I, I mean, sure. makes sense, but yeah. like, eh, you know, but um, I, I think they're getting rings for it is corny, but good for these teams. Good for these teams. Um, good for good for all these teams playing each other. I love that. Love that it's it's teams that legitimately do have the in-state rivalry and all that for Duke. Good to Florida, see. Great. Florida State has Clemson, Miami, Syracuse. Great opportunity. The Syracuse, Florida State one is the one that's like the, all right, I guess sort of, you know, opportunity in there. But you have to have Miami and Florida State. That's just a definite. I Yeah, Miami and Florida State was a mandate. That's pretty much you, – you can't avoid that. Syracuse is that moment where you're kind of like, um, what? Why Why is Syracuse in this? Like, you know, no offense, but Syracuse maybe shouldn't be. But I get it. I get it. The, the way that it works out, again, a lot of these teams – a lot of these teams basically ended up in situations where it's like, if you are not already in a long-standing rivalry with somebody, you pretty much get who you get and we roll from there. A thousand percent. Georgia, uh, Georgia Tech has Clemson, Louisville, and Wake Forest. Louisville, Georgia Tech, you know, I don't really see that one. But, hey, that's a new matchup that could, you know, birth a new rivalry. So, boom, there it is. Georgia Tech right now has been feeling like that awkward friend who's just trying to find a home somewhere with somebody. So, there's that. Louisville has Georgia Tech, Miami, and Virginia. Seems more of, again, like a hodgepodge of things. But Miami, Boston College, Florida State, and Louisville. Another mm, hodgepodge North Carolina, NC State, NC State, Duke, and Virginia. I think that's a, another fair shake. You don't got to travel far to Charlottesville, but it has become sort of this coastal rivalry between the two. Yeah, I agree. I agree that that has become a coastal rivalry. Um, but I would have liked to see Wake Forest maybe in there instead of Virginia. But, I mean – that's that's being real nitpicky. Yeah. NC State has Clemson, Duke, and UNC. Come on, yeah. Wolfpack man. How are we I, feeling? I, I don't think that there's a problem with that. I don't think that there's a problem at all with that. I mean, again, I would have loved to see all of the in-state teams have to play each other and all that. But 
With that being said, I understand that that would create a kind of weird situation for some of these other teams because, of course, then you would eliminate effectively eliminate the textile bowl being a yearly game, although nobody actually pays attention to that or the fact that it has a trophy. By the Can way. you remind the people what the textile bowl is for those who don't know? The textile bowl is the yearly game between NC State and Clemson. It, it actually has a trophy, which is like, <laughs> what? Like, that's a thing. But, yeah, it's, it exists. The textile bowl trophy exists. I think the NC State Wake Forest rivalry not being a thing anymore is definitely one that's been tough because there have been some Atlantic, you know, division implications of years past. And, you know, just getting that monkey off for each of those teams certainly will be missed. But I also am excited to see NC State and Duke a little bit. The way Duke has come on these last couple of years, the way NC State has kind of held their ground and being an eight to nine win team, I think it'll be important to kind of gauge that growth for the Duke Blue Devils. Pitt has BC, Syracuse, and Virginia Tech. Syracuse has BC, FSU, and Pitt, which Syracuse right now, I'm trying to tell you, I know y'all fans be getting up on me, but I need to see some. I think that BC one has to be a, a definite, that FSU one has to be competitive as well as that Pitt one. I mean, I don't know why you're expecting them to be competitive. They're losing a lot. They're losing a lot. I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be nice. I want Dino to stay, but it feels like Dino's going. It feels like this might be Dino's last year. But it was, you know what though? Last year was Dino's year to like do it, and then straight. But he did it. And then he did it. He did it for a little bit. And then, and and then Schrader got hurt, and it was just like, oh no, we're not doing it. We're not doing this at all. It's not (laughs) happening. So, you know, that's that that was real disappointing for Syracuse. Yeah. Uh, But I'm gonna tell you this. Who expected them to get to six wins last year? Yeah. So, you know, if 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 there is a team to pull that off, it's it's them. It's Syracuse to pull off that. Nobody believes in y'all to do anything, but you'll find a way to do something. And fun fact, Pitt at Syracuse in 2023 will be playing at, at was it Yankee Stadium? So Boo. I think that's it. <laughs> Do you not like that? Do you not like I don't understand how college football fans have repetitively said, please stop playing these games in MLB stadiums Mm. and the ACC goes, I have the solution. (laughs) We will put more games in, in baseball. Not a fan of the Fenway bowl. I'm just, let me throw it out. Not a fan of the pinstripe bowl, the Fenway bowl. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Stop trying to try to have a cross functional partner here. Like let's just, everybody has their thing and move on. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that park is for hidden dangers. That part is not for hidden quarterbacks. Let's knock it off. Virginia has Louisville, UNC, and Virginia Tech. Got to have that uh, Commonwealth rivalry in there. Wouldn't be the same without it. Virginia Tech has Pitt, Virginia Tech, and Wake Forest. And then Wake Forest has Duke, Georgia Tech, and Virginia Tech. And I'm thinking, like, if you honestly break it down, like, that has to be the nerdiest crop of permanent rivals. Can I just say? Oh, Between Duke, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, and Wake Forest – you know, it's a battle of the brains here. Who's going to outwit the other, really? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that those are the schools that are, are held back by some of the academic rigors as opposed to some of these other universities that, um, you know, it's not the same. It's not quite as rigorous. It's not yeah. quite, you know. Well, I thought it was, but if you think about the $2 million NIL deals that seem to be popping up nowadays, I think it's pretty clear that, you know, they could be competitive if that's what they want to do. They want to start shelling out some money. Just I mean, the, the reality is at the end of the day, you go to college for what, right? You go to college to go into the world and make money. Well, if you can do that in college, if you can go to a college that's going to pay you more money, 
congratulations, you've solved a life hack. You know what I mean? So long as that doesn't hurt your earning potential going forward, you've solved a life hack. You've you've done the thing there. So Yeah, a thousand percent agree. As we're talking about betting and making money and getting yourself together for, you know, the next chapter of your life, there's some time to make money right now. There are a couple of ACC players who are going to be in the Super Bowl. And if you want to get in the action to bet on them, we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, and that's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make being on sports, make betting on sports easy and fun. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with no sweat. First bet, you'll get $3,000 back in bonus bets if you're First bet doesn't win. Sounds like a win-win deal to me. Okay, FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads who will score a touchdown and more. Listen, $3,000 back in bonus bets, you cannot beat that. And you can get paid on paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash college to claim your no sweat First bet on Super Bowl 57 at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn57. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook of the NFL. Guys, that sounds like a pretty good deal. I don't know. I've been betting lately. I've been into the prop bets things. I've been learning how to do all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I might just go ahead and get me a couple dollars in the NIL deals when it's all said and done. But we're talking about 2023 ACC football. We're previewing. We know going down tonight – Full schedules will be dropping from um, the ACC network. We'll talk about that tomorrow and just how that all plans out. So that'll be a week-long conversation. So make sure you tune in and listen for your favorite team, who they'll be playing in full. How do you think that sets up for a really good season for your programs? We all know it boils down to, you know, all that expansion. But as we mentioned there are differences in terms of how it's broken down this year. And, of course, we will have to talk about that and kick it off with nothing other than the ACC kickoff. The ACC kickoff will happen July 25th through 27th in Charlotte, per usual, but it will be three days. Now, Ken, normally we've had a two-day conversation where it's the Coastal one day, it's Atlantic the other day. We keep things pushing. We listen to Jim Phillips, and we go on our better way. Now we have three opportunities to listen to all of our programs with the July 25th being Commissioner Phillips, Georgia Tech, Louisville, Miami, and Syracuse. Then you'll have on that Wednesday, Duke, Florida State, Pitt, Virginia, and Virginia Tech, followed by the Thursday of Boston College, Clemson, North Carolina, NC State, and Wake Forest. I say you put Clemson on the last day because you want people to stay all three days. You know, here we are. From Commissioner Phillips and this 355 model, what are we looking for? in terms of just talking about the growth of our conference, knowing how things are still shifting. Last year from Commissioner Phillips, all we heard was there are ongoing conversations. There are things that we need to talk about. We're preparing for more. And now I'm, you know, we went through the entire season. None of our teams were in the national championship conversation, college football playoffs. And I'm saying to myself, all right, how do you not see that we might be a little step behind what are things that we're hoping to hear from Commissioner Phillips going into 2023 now that we have no divisions? Um, I'm hearing, I'm looking to hear rather, I'm looking to hear something in terms of, um, hey, we've been aggressive in our ter- in our search for expansion. We've done the things that need to be done in terms of getting out uh, and searching for teams that we want to bring into this conference to make us better. Because again, at the end of the day, all the other conferences are doing it. And again, there is no such thing as staying the same. 
you are either getting better or getting worse by what the other conferences are doing. Yeah. So that's the reality of what you're looking at there. And I'd love to hear uh, from, from Commissioner Phillips the ways in which they're going the extra mile to uh, prioritize certain things like kind of ending certain deals in terms of, you know, no disrespect to these folks, but no game should be on Bally Sports. Just just being completely honest. Well, you know, Bally Sports is going belly up. No BS. I'm being dead serious. They're going belly up. But that's my point exactly. Yeah. There should not have been deals with a company that was going to go belly up any moment that had you playing uh, rewinds of a 1987 uh you know, ACC championship game instead of a live game that was happening and had very serious implications for the conference. There's no way that that should have happened. No way. So how do we address that and make sure it doesn't happen going forward? Because the best predictor of future behaviors is the past. And if you got into a not so good deal with a TV company that was not so good before, how do we know that it will not happen again? Very true. And I think that, you know, ultimately, I want to hear from Commissioner Phillips, like you had all this talk and conversation around their ongoing conversations with other programs that we were trying to be this like super secretive ninja style of who we're adding to the ACC and nobody's name dropped. Like, are you waiting to do it this year? The conversations fall through. We are, I'm giving, I've given up on Notre Dame and thinking that they're going to come on from a football perspective. Like, what is it? What is the meat on the bone? Like, you left us with the dangling carrot, but I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm not a vegetarian anymore. Like, let me know what we're doing. I agree. Who's coming to the ACC? Or is nobody coming to the ACC? And we're just going to be this mediocre. Hopefully, our, you know, top team gets into the national championship game conversation because we've done away with divisions. Do you I think agree. it's more likely? I agree, but please understand, you will not hear anything until it's finalized. You will not hear anything about the teams that are potentially coming, that are in talks, that are – you will not hear any of that until that deal is finalized because uh, those things not being finalized are like – it's – it's you're you're looking at a very, very different circumstance. But somebody needs to be added, correct? Like, we need to have some – we need to have a big brand coming to the ACC going yes, but year. And, and this is my point, right? Let's say you're messing around with one of those big brands and you're like, hey, um, such and so is coming. Let's say not the biggest brand, of course, but this is just a name, right? Maryland's coming back. They're coming back to the ACC, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. In saying that Maryland is coming back, now they know that that conference that they're currently in – will treat them differently based upon the fact that, hey, this is what what is going on there. And also, let's please give up on the pipe dream of Notre Dame because their TV deal is so outrageous. It is so outrageous. They by themselves are commanding a TV deal that would have them getting paid upwards of like three uh, Pac-12 teams combined. And while it's quiet as kept, Maryland's not coming either because that Big Ten deal that you know Kevin Commissioner Kevin Warren got signed. Of course, they they still paying off from the ACC. They can't pay us while going back. They have not recovered. No, but I'm but I'm saying like the big nobody from the Big Ten is going to be like, ooh, let me go ahead and get a grand rights deal, come over to the ACC when I'm getting this big time Big Ten money. So like that's out. Maybe somebody from the Big Twelve, like a Texas Tech, or you know. Uh, West Virginia, but like, like that's, that's not sexy. Nobody wants West Virginia. Like none of them, you know, throw the bone at me. Like that don't make me go woo. That don't make me shimmy shake in my chair. Like 
who who else is who else is dancing over here? Oregon, but who trying to go to Oregon to play them games and figure that out? Like, come on. I mean, at the end of the day, again, whatever team is being announced, or not whatever team is being announced, whatever team is in the works will not be announced until they're here. It won't happen. It won't happen because, again, there's too many delicate things at play. There's too many things that are up in the air to say, like, oh, yeah, this team is is coming, by the way, because the the most likely of the Power Five to lose more teams, of course, would be the Big 12 because, again, you're looking at a situation where teams could not renew coming up. but. Uh, yeah, the Notre Dame coming, that is a pipe dream. Pipe, a, pipe and, dream. And by pipe dream, I mean it is a glass pipe. <laughs> it is a glass pipe, and there is a controlled substance in it that may have destroyed a lot of communities in the 80s. So, oh, but, my God. Anyway, <laughs> we got to talk about, you know, the teams that we do have, of course. There are opportunities for them to win the ACC championship, as there's ever have been, because you don't have to battle through your specific conference and have things work out in your favor. You got the permanent rivals down. But if you had to pick right now, Kenton Gibbs, the two teams, way too early predictions. We've seen all the transfer portal additions. We've seen all the recruiting conversations. We know who's coming in early in Royal Leagues. We've been keeping track of that behind the scenes. If you had to give early prediction of two teams that we will see face off against each other in ACC Championship for 2023, who would they be? I mean, I would need to see the schedules first. Oh, my gosh. With that being said. Just that, based off based off who you feel like the, the – who you have in the arsenal, who you have in the tank right now on program, on roster. Don't matter the schedule. I'm going to beat whoever's in front of me. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. <laughs> because I'm going to tell you, I don't see two teams that have those types of, of horses in the stable, but I guess mm. – I would go with the matchup that everybody said would have happened a thousand times if we didn't have comp divisions in the past. Florida State and Clemson are probably the two right now that you're looking at. They're the only two teams that – well, Florida State, let me start with them. They're the only team that is returning a – and uh, also that ECU and App State thing, interesting, very interesting as far as App State. ECU, not so much, but they'd be a good addition as well. Now, um, if I'm talking about – why these teams would be it, right? We all know Clemson doesn't rebuild, they reload. Mm -hmm. You now have your quarterback one. There is no more, you know, doing the Bill Cosby look over the shoulder for the guy who's in the QB1 seat. There's no more of that. And Mr. No Riley more. is the man, so they're just going to be an amazing program. You said the, the, the Riley, the new coordinator oh, yeah, from yeah. TCU. So that's yeah. going to be great. So that's, that's what they're hoping. That's what they're believing. They believe in Cade. Cade is their guy. Okay, great. So they've got that going for them. But mainly, again, this is a Clemson team that they, you know, five stars everywhere, all that good stuff. You're you're going to see, I think, a different version of Will Shipley. I think he was still kind of recovering from that ACL tear. And I think that he's going to be the best version of himself that we've seen so far. And uh, defensively, I mean, it's Clemson. Like, they yeah. they always find a way to figure it out defensively. Now, Florida State, on the other hand, they're returning a guy who may be the best uh, returning quarterback in the conference in in um, in Travis Jordan Travis mm -hmm. in Jordan Travis, and they've got some big time playmakers. I mean, mm -hmm. and I, I mean physically in stature, Johnny Wilson and company, huge, the, a massive receiver. Why is a receiver that big? Unnecessary, unfounded, but he's he's a a really big body that can make things happen. And at the end of the day, I'm not looking at just these two teams being good because 
again, Florida State's bringing back a lot of talent uh, defensively as well and all that. I'm not just looking at these two teams being good. I'm looking around at the conference saying, all right, who else do I see in this in this conversation? If you look at the uh, other team to be in the conference championship last year in UNC, mm-hmm. I believe Cedric Gray is going to the NFL, correct? He is not. He's returning. Oh, okay. He's, Running he's it back. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, hey, good for him. Uh, he's staying. However, the entire secondary, uh, you know, I believe – they're all, you know, are you, you ready know. to go? Are you ready to go? They're You're ready such a hater, go. bro. They're You're ready. such a hater, bro. No, but seriously, if, if you I, I hear you. I'm letting you have your moment. Go ahead. And if you go, if you go over to the um Atlantic side and say, obviously, below um North Carolina and the coastal, none of them are taken seriously. Very seriously. None of the who who out of the coastal would you say, oh, this is a, a very serious outfit? Coming into the next season. Not a serious outfit, but you can't sleep on. I think Phil Dracovic going to Pitt is going to be huge for them. Okay. All right. Listen, listen, you can't, you, I'm a coastal girl. You're clearly an Atlantic diehard. It's fine, but I'm going to, I, can I, can I just give my opinion? I think Phil Dracovic coming to Pitt was missing a quarterback. They had really good offense. They had a terrible quarterback. I agree. But here's the thing about What's my, what, what did we say every single week? Free our boy who? We said free Zay Flowers. No, no, that's Boston College. You, you're pretty. Free Abana Candor. We Thank said you. Free okay, okay. okay. There, so now you multiple, add a good quarter. There were multiple people that we didn't need to free. There were multiple people but, who didn't need to be free. Multiple. <laughs> but Pitt, come on, dog. I think that we can we can make an argument that Phil having an offensive line, getting some help. Yeah, he he stays in the pocket. He ain't running. That's cool. That's a big boy. Pitt might be better than people think. And, you know, Narduzzi's not a bad coach. Narduzzi's not a bad coach. I, I think, think that Louisville had a good defense, and now they have Brom, who's going to spark some energy. And Okay. We're going we're gonna to have the fighting Brahms. Okay. And, okay. and he, here's the thing. And here's here's where I would uh-huh. say about this. Okay. That team had the number one recruited or one of the top recruited classes in the nation. Yeah. And then Satterfield left. And yeah. then all of a sudden – that that recruiting class kind of broke apart a little bit. Kind of vamoose, oh vamoose, bye. They're not here anymore. Um, Again, I'm looking around at the conference and I'm not looking at anybody that I say is super serious. But here's the good thing about these teams not being super serious. Almost everybody has the element of surprise. Almost everybody is going to be a team that quote unquote sneaks up on people because nobody's looking at the ACC as a serious conference right now. Nobody's looking at us from top to bottom and saying, this is a bunch of serious teams and, and they're just going to brutalize each other. And some of it is unfair, but some of it, I mean, again, we saw the Coastal last year. Who who finished, I believe it was, North Carolina was first. Who finished second? Was it Duke? Duke. And then it was Pitt, then Georgia Tech? Or... I think it was close. Can't remember now that you're asking me off. The either top. way, either way it goes, yeah. a Georgia Tech team that lost their starting quarterback and their head coach was somehow. I feel like Georgia Tech was way lower than when you're talking. I think Pitt was a little bit higher. But either way, that Georgia Tech team. So was, okay, you don't think the coastal teams are serious? That's fine. I don't Whatever. think they're serious, but also the Atlantic teams. I don't think a lot of them are serious. You've got a Wake Forest team that has to replace a guy who has every record. You name it, his name is going to be in the record book. NC State, very similar situation. You went on mute. I don't know what happened to your mic, but we can't hear you. We cannot hear you. 
<laughs> we lost him because I think he was about to go in on some people. And I'm glad so, because at the end of the day, what I'm trying to tell you is you got to have a little more faith in some of these programs. And while I sit there, I could make the case for, I still think that Florida State and Clemson are going to be arguing the two best teams, but I want to see if Florida State can stay healthy, right? I think that's going to be a major factor for Florida State because, you know, throughout every time, there's always been that one key defensive man who goes down or it's somebody on the offensive side with their running backs. Like if they can stay healthy, they are the scariest team, but Clemson is not going anywhere. I cannot still not hear you. Lord, help us, Jesus. I think that's really important for Clemson also to just, they have this narrative now of can <laughs> NC State did break Kenton's mic. I think for Clemson, it is a conversation of can you tell me that uh, Streeter was the problem now that you have a quarterback? I'm really trying to understand, or, quarter, or offensive coordinator, help me understand whether or not, you know, Cade can come in and be really good with him once again. Am I am I heard now? We can hear you now. Excellent. What I was saying was everybody <laughs> at everybody in Raleigh would love to believe that Brennan Armstrong is, is going to be the answer and Anai are going to be the answer. But then you have a ton of questions to answer defensively. I mean, that's that's just the reality there. Um, <laughs> and and the reality, again, when you look around this this conference, who else would you look at and say, this is a team that I'm expecting to be really, really good? Who else would you look at? Because I say Florida State, Clemson, and NC State, but I want NC State to be good only because how many different years can we say this is your year? I hope Brennan Armstrong can, you know, make that change and come in and kind of excel with a new offensive coordinator who you said had, you know, the old one, stale offense, blah, blah, blah. That defense is sound. They know what the hell to do. They know what's up. They've built a brand and know how to be a pretty dominating defense. Now you got a good quarterback who just wants to win, and now he has a good offensive line to help him do that. But again, does he? You lose. Chandler Zavala, all-conference, uh, borderline all-American guy. You lose Grant Gibson, all-American guy. When he went down last year, that offensive line was in shambles because he's the center. He's the guy making the calls. He's the guy snapping the okay, ball. Okay, but, like, at some point, we always lose. So step up. That's all I'm telling y'all. Y'all, step I, up. But, but that, and up. That, is the, that is the part that I was saying was the beauty of it because there will be, at the end of the day, everybody can't be bad. Like, literally, just because – you are playing in the conference with a bunch of other teams that are like, uh, somebody is really terrible here. Somebody got to look the best. Somebody has to look the best out of all these teams. And so with that being said, again, and honestly, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. A lot of people feel like a light bulb went off of Florida State and that they're glory to glory to glory. That's not how progression works, friends. Sometimes, sometimes you get that moment where, you think you're climbing a hill, and then it's all of a sudden a very deep dive, and, and you, you don't said look that for as... Florida State? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, quietness is kept who we have not talked about, which is a darn shame because last season all we could do was hype them up. Who? Who do you think? I have no clue who you're talking about. Miami. We sat there. We have gassed them, and we have said this is Miami. I ain't saying no. Mario is not the guy. Please stop screaming right here. He's not the guy. <laughs> we He's have not... to. We have not got the opportunity to talk about Miami, and they have a new offensive coordinator. They fired Gaddis. That was crazy. If you're not following Locked on Kane's podcast with uh, Mr. Alex, please go ahead and do that. But I just think it's wild that Miami is not in the conversation after we said 
coming in that it was going to be a different program, different mentality, a different regime. And, you know, maybe they'll finish top 10. Can I, can I say something? Yeah. Kenton, Mario is definitely the guy according to Paco. Mario Manuel Cristobal is not the guy. Why? I'm, I'm sorry to say this. I, and I wanted him to be the guy. This That's is the, the last thing we're going to say because we're wrapping it up. This is the part that hurts me about him not being the guy because okay. I want him to be the guy. I Maybe really he did. did. Give it time. But that's the thing. Oh, okay, you know what? I'm sorry. Let me rephrase what I was about to say. He's not the guy to win it this year. Only because this team, I don't I don't see it. I don't see it. Oh, they don't have the horse in the stable. Hell no. He definitely Too many needs to departures, get, too yeah. much rebuilding. They got some I, shaky stuff going on. That's what I'm saying. It, it's Manuel is actually his middle name, Paco. So congratulations. <laughs> you just learned yourself something. But anyway. The reality is they had too much turmoil and turnover last year. I think this year they get in that direction and they start to hit that upward ascent. But I think they have a year similar to what Florida State had last year in that they struggle early. But as the season goes on, they may have a moment or two where it's like, ah, it's starting to click for us now. And they do a little better. But I just I don't think that it's it's this year is is that time for them. Yeah, I definitely want to see a leap from Tyler Van Dyke. But there's so much to go over with ACC football. Like I said, all this week, we're going to talk about schedules. We're going to break it down because there's no division. So, you know, we're going to go alphabetical order because I think that's just fair right now, right? We could start with the winner, but I don't feel like doing that. But uh, according to fans, I'm a Clemson hater. But when we go over Clemson's schedule, I'm going to give them all of the love and praise because that's just what we do here on the show. We love the ACC, and we want to see at least one of our teams compete in college football playoffs when it's all said and done. Like, I, I would really like to see that because I'm tired of, like, having to recap and talk about bowl games, you know, in postseason. I'd rather talk about the fact that there is a viable chance that one of us is going to hoist that trophy. So we'll do all of that throughout the week. And we got some basketball for you. It is, you know, a couple big games happening on the basketball stand. UNC did facing off on Saturday. You also have, you know, some women's games that are going down. And let me tell you, NC State women upsetting Uh, Notre Dame. Those are big conversations that we also have to have throughout the week. So make sure that you tune in. Love going live with you guys. Love having your content and feedback from us. So please keep commenting. Follow, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are so close to 1,000. It's not even funny. So please tell all your friends to subscribe to the show. (sighs) Do what you got to do. For Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs, until next time.